And now, the man who takes the BS out of BS, Bill Spohn. Hello and welcome back to the Building HVAC Science Podcast. We're out here to change the world. Well, maybe. That's up to you to decide. It's our goal to help create better, more knowledgeable HVAC and building performance technicians by helping the two professions work better to understand each other with the ultimate goal of making customers happy in the homes they live in and the buildings they work in. Motivated and tactical. This episode with Ben Poole, he's a third-generation HVAC contractor and founder of HVAC Tactical. We hear a lot about motivation and mindset. It's you who decides who you want to be. Ben runs Trusted Heating and Cooling in Austin, Texas, yet found time to start the HVAC Tactical apparel brand as he was searching for a new challenge. You can easily hear from Ben how he practices what he preaches, lays out a plan, and acts on it, never letting self-doubt creep in. And in 2020, he doubled down and created the first Emmy-type awards for amazing craftsmanship called the HVAC Tactical Awards. These awards follow the AHR Expo and will be held for the third time on February 5th, 2023 in Atlanta. Over 250 people are expected to attend this black tie event, which will include most of the HVAC influencers across all social media platforms. This event will also be live-streamed if you can't make it, as it was in 2022. There's a link in the show notes where you can reserve tickets or nominate someone for the award. And you can also learn more about Ben's amazing apparel brand at www.hvactactical.com. Again, that's in the show notes. Okay, let's listen in to a conversation with Ben Poole of HVAC Tactical. Good afternoon, Ben. Hey, how you doing, man? Good, good. So, Ben, give our listeners some background. People might not know you, some of the listeners in my group. How dare they? <laughs> they are audacious. <laughs> My background is I was born and raised in this industry, third generation in this trade. I just grew up just doing it. I never really went to school for it. I learned a lot of old school rules of thumb. I got into my early 20s and decided if I'm going to do this as a career, I should probably go back and learn a few things, educate myself a little bit. And at that point, I did and quickly realized that a lot of the stuff that I had learned as a young man in the trade, I learned rules of thumb. And that's really all they were. They, it doesn't mean that they were right. But they've been working for a lot of guys for a lot of years, right? And at that point, I just kept trying to learn. I actually went and started my own company. And again, just kept learning, man. Just every day, just something new. I mean, I never stopped learning. I'm still learning stuff every day. But now, where I am now in my career, looking back, I knew absolutely nothing when I started. And no matter how many years I've been doing this, I realize that I knew nothing. And in this trade, there's never a point in time where you just arrive, if you will. You're always learning something new every day. And if you're not, you're really moving backwards. You're not growing, if you will. And I feel like when a lot of guys throw out those 20, 30-year credentials, that's the first problem. That you have to try to validate yourself by saying how long you've been doing this, that's the first problem. Yeah, they defend themselves by waving a calendar at you. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, what caused that transformation where you said to yourself, I know nothing? Was it a particular event, circumstance, or just something that accumulated over time? No, I think my personality is as such where if I'm going to do something, I want to do it 110%. I've had plenty of times in my life where I feel like I've failed at things. And so HVAC's always been kind of a natural knack for me because I was brought up in the industry. But as I would go to these trainings and stuff and I would learn new things, I'm like, man, how do I not know that? That's some basic stuff. 
And it was because I was not brought up that way. I was brought up by rules of thumb and this is how it's always been done. And you got to remember, I was around for the not pulling proper vacuums. You just open up one king valve and give it about 20 seconds and then you shut it off. That was your purge. There's no vacuum required. And did it work? Yeah, it worked. But how well did it work? Different machines, different refrigerant, different era. And you wonder why over the last 20 years or the next 20 years, there were so many compressor change outs and so many TXV failures. Like people always blame the equipment. And I always try to tell my own customers like, hey, look, I know you've had nothing but problems with this unit that was installed 10 years ago or whatever, but don't blame the brand. You got to blame the people who put it together because they're the ones who are directly responsible for the life of that system. Yeah, I always like to say manufacturers usually aren't in business to make junk. Yeah. That's a fair statement. And you really, in HVAC, you're really finishing the manufacturing in the field. 100%. You are the final phase of the manufacturing process. Yep. I use that line a lot. So you're based out of Austin, Texas, is that correct? That is correct. Yep. And are you still involved in HVAC service? I run service when I have to. I was on a service call, I don't know, three days ago where nobody could figure out what was going on and heat strips were coming on when the cooling side was coming on, I was getting some great dehumidification out of that thing. But yeah, and we just, we had to really start isolating a bunch of things. And at first we thought it was a bad control board at the outside, heat back feeding power when we realized that it was actually a shorted out thermostat wire in the wall. And that was either done from rodent issues or there was a staple in the wall and somebody yanked on the wire, whatever. But yeah, it took us a little bit to find it, but we narrowed it down. But yeah, I typically don't run service calls. I'm like the last resort. I'm the last line of defense, if you will. When everybody else can't figure it out, send Ben, and then I usually figure it out. But What's the name of your company? The name of my company in Austin is Trusted Heating and Cooling. Trusted Heating and Cooling. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to HVAC Tactical. What is it, and why did you start it? HVAC Tactical is essentially just an apparel brand that... I started out of just kind of boredom. I mean, I had some time on my hands and I said, you know what would be really cool for the industry because there's nothing cool out there that was like it. And I said, you know, it'd be cool if we made some really cool hats and cool shirts for guys in the trade, just guys in the trenches. And that idea was kind of laughed at, but I waited about, I had that idea, jotted some notes down and I didn't really execute anything until about 10 months later. It was October of 2018. I said, man, I think this could be something. I'm going to try it. And I did. And I was nervous, man. I didn't know what was going to happen. Jumping onto social media with the name HVAC Tactical, an apparel brand dedicated to the blue collar HVAC. And it's like, people are like, what the heck is this? Yeah. Will it resonate? Right. It was cool though. It was something that was different. And again, it's never been done. There's never been a dedicated apparel brand for HVAC guys. And I mean, we live in 2022 now. You can find an apparel brand for anything nowadays. But no, it was just something that was different. And then it just kind of evolved into people would ask, well, what is HVAC Tactical? Well, it's technically an apparel brand, right? But what is it? It's a mindset because you can truly be tactical in anything that you do. You can bake a cake tactically. You have a game plan of how you're going to go in. You got the recipe. You got everything laid out, ready to go. And you can do it by the book, get it done, and it's going to be great. And that can be applied. That same principle can be applied to anything in life. And so I always have this tactical type of mindset and it just flowed really well with my personality. And so we just did it and it just worked and people grasped it. And here we are just doing it to it. 
So the apparel is one part of it. Are there other aspects to HVAC Tactical? Yeah, in 2020, I think it was, we started the HVAC Tactical Awards, which in my mind was just an attempt to recognize people who I thought had amazing craftsmanship, if you will. That's the easiest way for me to put it. And what spawned that was I would go to these dealer meetings for, I was been a big Linux guy for a long, long time. So I'd go to these Linux dealer meetings. They have like one big one for each region, if you will. So there's like, I don't know, four or five shows across the country, but a lot of people show up. And then they have this kind of an awards ceremony where they're like, hey, one, two, three, heating and cooling, come on up. You sold the most purifiers. And I'm like, okay. I mean, that's cool. I sold a lot of them, but I guess I didn't sell the most. And then, oh, you sold the most inverter-driven systems. And I'm like, well, that's cool. But what about the guys who put all that stuff in? Like, you're just going to give kudos to the guy who sold the job? Did that job even get put in correctly? Did this guy who sold the job even design it properly? Because most sales guys can't do that. So I just started questioning all this stuff. And I thought, I just sit here and I watch 20 awards given out. Not one of them was for craftsmanship. Not one of them was for saying, hey, you guys had the lowest warranty ratio. You guys changed out the least amount of compressors or the least amount of TXVs, whatever the case may be. And I just thought, man, there's a real miss here. There's something really not right about this. And this didn't sit well with me. So in our industry, you really only win an award for selling stuff. I don't like that. I have a background in sales. That's what I do for my company every day. I'm in sales. So you would think I would be all for it. But my heart is with the guys in the trenches because I've been there. I've done it. I've done installs and service jobs and maintenance jobs and office jobs and picking trash and picking sheet metal off the floor in my grandfather's shop. Like I've done it all. And I just feel like there's just a huge disconnect between the corporate levels and the blue collar guys. And there's somebody needs to just stand up and just go to bat for the blue collar guys because the blue collar guys are just good old boys. They're just like, eh, let it brush off. And I go, no, we need to make some noise. And that's what spawned the HVAC Tactical Awards. It's awards plural. So there's different categories. So how did you come up with the categories? Well, the very first award that we ever did was basically, it was three awards. And I think the first one was Lady of the Trade Award. The other one was like a Mentor Award or Teacher of the Trade Award, I think it was. And that was Brian Orr, which is, that was like the least that we could have done for him. You're cheating on that test. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that guy's been a titan in this industry and doesn't get the respect that he is deserved for sure. And Picture Perfect Install Award. Those were the three first awards that we ever gave out. We just did it over Instagram. It wasn't like an Instagram Live. It was just literally a post that we did. We gave some shout outs and some pictures, and then we mailed them their awards. And that was just my attempt to say, hey, look, here's three people in the trade that I can just find real quick off of Instagram that are worthy of an award just saying, hey, job well done. You're in a league of your own. Keep making those moves. And because this is kind of that tactical mindset, like I'm always pushing for everybody. Hey man, level up, be better, be better today than you were yesterday. And not just in your professional life, but also in your personal life. You got to keep growing and you got to just keep being better than you were yesterday. From there, it just turned into this thing where we started looking at a way to throw an Instagram gathering slash party at HR Expo. And, and I was talking with Lance from Solderweld and he was like, Hey man, we're going to plan a party anyway. Like, why don't we just couple that with an award show? And I said, I never really thought about that. Like, 
talk about putting some pressure on me. Right. <laughs> and so it just developed into this thing. And it was like, okay, well, we obviously can't just have a whole award show for three awards. Like we got to figure this whole thing out. Right. And so we started coming up with different categories and started scouring people on social media who would be worthy of these categories. And then I brought on some people on a small committee and said, Hey, do you guys have anybody that you know of or talk to on a regular basis on social media that would fit these categories? And the names just started flying around. And so from there, we just said, okay, well, here's the nominations for this group. Boom, 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 boom. We just started laying them out. And then we decided on some winners. And I had these really cool, I'm a challenge coin guy. I like to collect challenge coins. I don't know if you know what those are. Yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners what a challenge coin is? So a challenge coin is essentially like a specialized coin that's created for a specific group or a specific event or organization typically used in like military type stuff and first responders and stuff like that. And then there's between the guys, girls too, I guess. But if you were to walk into a bar with a bunch of military buddies and you throw your challenge coin down on the bar, everybody else has to throw down their challenge coin that they have in their pocket because they're supposed to carry it with you every day. And if they don't have it, whoever doesn't have the coin is the one buying the round. So it's just kind of a fun little game that they came up with with challenge coins. But I got into challenge coins many years ago and some buddies of mine who were in the military and in special units, Homeland Security and stuff like that, they started giving me some challenge coins from some of their special operations. And I was like, man, these are so cool. And that's what kind of spawned. I said, you know, I need to make like an HVAC tactical coin. And then when I started talking about these awards, I said, I need to make like a medallion instead of having like a trophy. And so that's just kind of where all that came from. But yeah, now this medallion, it's a three inch medallion, brass medallion. And I mean, when you hold it, it's heavy and you could probably knock somebody out if you were to throw it at them. But definitely something I wouldn't recommend carrying in your pocket every day because it's pretty bulky and big. But it's definitely when you hold it in your hand, you're like, whoa, I didn't expect it to be this heavy. It's a conversation starter for sure. And I'm looking at it here on the screen and I'll put some links to HVAC Tactical and the award in the show notes for this. So anybody listening can go to it. But it's a really cool coin. It says, make the decision to be the best. And then it also has several blocks on it. Planned, plotted, calculated. It's a mindset. Never stop mastering your craft. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the journey of mastering your craft. I think that no matter what you do for a living, like literally no matter what you do for a living, you have the opportunity to become a master of that. And prime example of that is you can go to a fast food joint and you can find the guy behind the register taking your order either hates his job or he loves his job. And there's a lot of in between, but when there's the extreme of I hate my job or I absolutely love my job, it's very, very noticeable because the average is just being in the middle. That's just average. That's just normal. But then you always have the guys who just hate freaking life because I'm flipping hamburgers for a living. Or these guys are just like super just gung-ho about what they're doing. Just the energy that they bring in. You're like, whoa, I was just ordering a hamburger, man. But what an experience that was. And I feel like that guy made the decision to be the best hamburger flipper that he could possibly be. And I just feel like there's something to that. And when I come across guys like that, just in any industry, I'm like, man, I want to offer you a job because I need guys like you on my team. That doesn't, I can teach you air conditioning, man. You know what I mean? Like, I just need that vibe. I need that energy on my team. 
But yeah, that's true to anything, whether it's plumbing, electrical, roofing, HVAC, it doesn't matter what the trade is. It doesn't matter what the craft is. You have the opportunity to master that. What are you going to do with it? And really, it's about allocating time, allocating your time to train and allocating your time to execute. That thought just occurred to me. It's more of a time management thing than really like a hurdle that no one can overcome. Well, it's a willingness. It's a willingness to learn. And when you're willing, you make time for things that you're willing to do. You make time for things that are important to you. You probably do it. I do it all the time. I just don't have time for that. No, I just don't have any time. I didn't get that done. Reality is, is it just wasn't important enough to you to make the time. That's just reality of it, right? We can come up with all the excuses that we want, but things that are important to you, you make time to get it done. So, and I'm looking at the coin here and I'm not going to have you answer this, but if there's something on the back of it that the listeners will have to find someone with the coin to find out what's on the back of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. We'll just leave it right there. Just a little scavenger hunt. So the HVAC Tactical Awards are coming up again in 2023, and you're going to coordinate very clever, coordinate with the AHR Expo, where a lot of people in the trade will show up. And I'll say a lot of people in the trade should show up. Talk a little bit about your AHR experience in the past. Have you gone a lot or is this event causing you to go more? My first AHR experience was back in like 2010. I know it was in Vegas, but I don't know if it was 2010 or not. It was like either 9, 10 or 11. It was like one of those three years. I had just started my company out in Arizona. My business partner and I, we took, I don't know, we took four or five guys out of the company out to Vegas with us. And my dad was there with us. My dad flew in from Texas and met us out there and we just got to experience AHR for the first time. And it was like, whoa, I didn't realize HVAC was this big. I didn't realize there were so many facets of HVAC. And now going to multiple AHRs now, I look back and I can say to people who haven't gone, like just the other day, I did an Instagram live and somebody said, what does a regular technician like me benefit from going to AHR? And I'm like, how would you not benefit? Like, you'll see things that you didn't even know existed in this trade. And you'll see things that might make you want to switch the gear or the avenue of which you're chasing after in this trade. You might be doing nothing but residential right now and then quickly realize like, dude, I just don't want to mess with residential stuff. I'd rather do commercial. Most guys think that those are the only two options in this industry, commercial or residential. It's like, nah, man, you could go do specialized VRF type stuff. You could go mess with chillers or mess with nothing but boilers or radiant floor stuff. I mean, this the refrigeration and racks and Walmart. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's so many different aspects. People don't realize how big our trade is. And a lot of people here in America, their mindset stops at the American borders. They don't think about what's going on in India or Afghanistan or all this. The rest of the world has air conditioning. They're not that poor. And so I think that we just tend to forget that air conditioning is a worldwide, HVACR is a worldwide brotherhood that we're in our little bubble. Just like when it comes to pressing refrigeration lines here in America, people are like, well, I would never do that. Well, they've been doing it for 30 years someplace else. Like, why not? Why is it not good for us? It's good for the rest of the world, but not good for us. Americans are very closed minded when it comes to change in this industry. And I think that's why the industry suffers because people aren't willing to get out of their comfort zone and think outside the box. So speaking of worldwide, and you really illustrate there, it's a humbling experience to go to that trade show. Correct. 
I've been going since 1989. <laughs> and it continues to grow and amaze me with what I see every year. That's a long time. It's a long time. It's a very exciting place for me to be. <laughs> so you mentioned worldwide bubble across the borders. How about the response to HVCA tactical? Anything coming from outside of the U.S.? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're shipping apparel and gear all over. I mean, I think we're something in like 16, 17 countries or something like that. I lost count. I just I stopped counting after a while. I keep meaning to get this map and just start pinning different places. I just haven't got around to doing it, but we're all over the place. And it's amazing to see Again, it puts it in perspective that we are a worldwide brotherhood. And these people are like, hey, man, I want to get some of that stuff over here. I'm like, cool, where you at? Well, I'm in England. I'm like, whoa, let me figure out what it's going to cost to ship some stuff to England. I was talking to a guy in Australia not that long ago, well, actually after the last award show. And he's like, hey, man, how about some awards for some Australian guys? And I was like, we really start convoluting the game if we were to start taking, making everything international in one award show. I said, so maybe it might make sense to have obviously not this year, probably next year, but in the future, if we were going to do a show for somebody like Australia, we would do an Australian show by itself, like an award show all for just Australia. But I think having the ability to have an award show like this and give recognition where it's due and help people push people to be better at what they're doing it just motivates them to take their career and their mastering of their craft to the next level and gives you something to strive for, right? Because let's face it, you have to really be self-motivated in our industry to strive to get to the next level, if you will, right? Yeah, sometimes you can do it and make more money, but money is not the case for all people. A lot of people will have a purpose and their purpose is just to be best at what they're doing. So the next one's coming up. HR Expo 2023, the technical awards show will be held on February 5th, 2023. There'll be a venue, separate venues, anybody going there, but the tickets are going fast. This episode airs in mid-September. Is there a chance there might not be tickets available? There could be a chance, yeah. <laughs> and when we did Las Vegas, we basically gathered a list of names. I scoured through all my contacts on social media and all the people who were just making noise with us along the way. I said, hey, we're going to do this thing. Like, it's real. We got sponsors lined up. If you guys want to go, I'm putting a list of... And you'd be surprised, man. A lot of people were like, dude, I'm going. And then a lot of people were like, yeah, I'm going to go, but I'm not ready to get any tickets or anything like that. And I'm just like, well, these are going to go fast. And I just wanted to make sure you had first dibs to be able to do this, right? And I don't think that those people really thought they were going to go as fast as they did. Hell, I didn't think they were going to go as fast as they did. But we sold out of tickets in less than 24 hours, which wow. is incredible. Where does that happen for something like this? But that just goes to show you the demand that our trade has for something like this. And because that was such a great response to that event, and it was the way, I mean, it was the talk of Expo for the next three days. You saw guys from the show walking around with their backpacks. I had my backpack on. People would walk up to me probably no less than a dozen times. And they're like, hey, man, where'd you guys get those backpacks? I'm like, oh, this was from a, an event last night, dude. You can't have one. Like, You had to be there. And they're like, damn, I really want. I see everybody walking around with them. We just created this rhythm and this flow. And people were just like all about it. And so for the next three days, that's all we heard. And I'd bump into people that I've been chatting with on social media. and. The, I was like, man, hey, how's it going? And they're like, hey, dude, congrats, man. I heard the show went really well. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. 
it was really neat to see that. And I really hope that more people embrace it. But even this round, we're getting sponsors who were interested in the last show or realized they missed out in Vegas. And they spoke with me the next couple of days during Expo. And I circle back with them. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to pass this round, but maybe next year. And I'm like, really? You were so bad about it back in Vegas when all the hype was there, but now you're not. So I get it. The first year, like we're selling smoke and mirrors, but I think the proof was in the pudding, man. I mean, yeah, people will come to appreciate it over time. It'll strike home with people that it's meant to. So you also did a live stream too, right? We did of the event. Sure did. Yeah. We basically had one camera and it was just a live stream camera. And we learned a lot from that, the do's and don'ts. And for the next show, we really want to have multiple camera angles where we can get like people in the crowd, like from the stage looking down at the crowd. So if you were to announce somebody's name, like if I were to say tool supplier of the year, True Tech Tools, right? So the camera would be able to move and shine on you guys, right? And get that live reaction like, oh crap, I got nominated for something. Like a real award show. Yeah. And so I jokingly always say we've created the Emmys for HVAC, but I'm not really joking when I say that. I'm really trying to emulate what these mainstream things have created, but for the blue collar guys in the trenches. Yeah. And you don't have to have a certain amount of followers. You don't have to be invited. Like you just have to have a ticket to get in. And it's not like we're hoarding tickets. Like you just got to go get a ticket. So right now we have about 160 people on a just north of 160 people on a wait list, on RSVP list, so that as soon as tickets are ready to be released, they'll be the first ones to get the opportunity to grab tickets. So do you have somebody helping you coordinate all this or how can you do this and run your business? And It's very tiring. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> tiring? <laughs> Late nights? Yeah, I've really tried to prioritize. This year, I've really tried to find a balance. I don't know that I've successfully figured that out. But it's hard. This business in general, HVAC in general, it's just a hard business to be in. Oh, and it's gotten harder the last couple of years too. It really has. Customers are bougie and the supply chain is crazy and pricing has become ridiculous and dealing with employees, like the list goes on and on. Then you add family life to that. Then you add another business to that. And then the demand of having to be on social media, like it's a challenge for sure. And I have had help in the background. My wife has done a really good job of helping me on the tactical side of getting packages out and processing orders and stuff like that. As far as the award show goes, Solderweld has really stepped up to the plate and really helped me do a lot of the details that are involved. The whole team of Solderweld, but Taylor specifically from Solderweld. She has a kind of a background in kind of event type planning. And so it's a natural fit for her. So yeah, and Lance is a great guy. And from the get-go, he was just kind of like, look, dude, I think this is an amazing idea. And I just want to help facilitate it the best that I can. And I'm 40 years old. I'm not getting any younger and trying to stay relevant as long as I can. (laughs) So Tell me about it. (laughs) But I'm trying to stay out of the trenches in my own company, let the young guys do their thing. I just try to teach them what I can. And I've had to learn to try to let go and not micromanage so much, which is super, super hard. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. And actually, you're being tactical about that, if you think about it. I'm trying, yeah. Yeah. So like you said before, it can be applied in so many different areas. The process. We're all creatures of habit. So it's easy to fall back to the comfort zone and go, hey, well, you know, this is how I've always done it. It just always worked for me but you're going to get the same result that you always got too. I'm trying to grow not only my own business, 
my company, but I'm also trying to grow tactical. And so I've just come to realize that there's not enough time. I don't have enough time of myself to do both. And so we're looking at avenues to either hire somebody to come in and take over my HVAC company or maybe even sell it if the right offer comes across and we'll go from there. But we built a real, spent many years building a solid reputation for what we do and trying to deliver that craftsmanship that nobody else is delivering. And so if we did decide to sell the company that I for sure need to be able to find value in that. What would you say is the best selling product in HVAC Tactical? Oh, wow. I was actually just looking at that this morning. I would say the number one selling product in our store as of right now, or well, as I say, as a whole, would be the Zactus Jardins Edition hat. So that's the black on black Zactus Jardins Edition hat. That would probably be the number one selling product. As of right now, the number one selling product is the new fishing shirts that dropped just because they're new and everybody wants some. So they're moving quick. So if you look at it, as of the last several weeks, that's what's going to pop up. But historically, the Zactus Jardins hats are a favorite of the crowd for sure. How about the coolest product? I don't know. It's all pretty cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or the one one that you didn't expect would be popular. Sort of like, ah, we'll put this on. Man, that's a hard one. The RTFM shirts, I was a little hesitant to drop those. Brian Orr does his little shirt that says RTFM, but it says the fantastic manual, right? I remember I was talking to Brian about it one time and he's like, I said, yeah, read the F and manual. And he goes, well, I say fantastic manual because I'm all innocent and whatnot. And I just started laughing. But putting that out there, when you say literally read the F and manual, not the entire bad word, but it says F apostrophe N, right? Read the F and manual, like that can really rub people the wrong way. And I was really hesitant to do that just because of optics if you will. And I know some people would be like, who cares what other people think? And reality is, is I, I do care what people think. And I have to try to remain this neutral position in a lot of different ways. I've come real close to trying to respond to certain people and then had to reel it back because I knew that my response was going to lean me towards a political route. And so I have to try to stay in that neutral game because there's left, there's right, there's middle, and we're all in HVAC. And so just trying to look at all vantage points and try to stay neutral. But that was one of the hardest products I thought I was going to maybe have a hard time with people giving me backlash on it. But so far, so good. But one of the real cool products that I didn't know was going to sell as good as I thought it was, or didn't know it was going to sell as good as it did, was the belts. We partnered with Groove to come out with the HVAC Tactical belts. And I field tested mine for like a year before I even decided to bring them out because I needed to know if I'm going to put my name on a product, it's got to be a good product. And when I finally said, you know what, let's do this. And we pulled the trigger on it and it was stagnant. We sold like one and we sold like randomly sold another one. And I was like, wow, these things are not moving the way that I thought they were going to move. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, there they go. I got one guy in California. He bought like 20 of them for his whole team. Yeah. And I mean, that's not cheap. Those belts are not cheap, but they're going to last you damn near a lifetime. They come with a lifetime warranty on them. So yeah, so that was really interesting. I went through my first batch, I reordered a bunch more, and then I'm almost through my second batch. And getting in this game, it's not inexpensive. And you can attest for that. You're buying stuff in bulk and you're just like, man, I got a lot of money on the line with all this stuff. And so yeah, so it panned out really well, but I got a little scared there for a minute. And then something very practical that everyone in the trade should consider is the silicon rings, right? Yeah. Ring avulsion is a real thing. So it's never happened to me, but 
in my younger days, I had a ring get caught. And this was before I was even married. I was just wearing a ring. I got a ring, had got caught and snagged my finger really good and it scared me. And since then, I've never worn a ring. Even after I got married in this business, I still never wore a ring. And my wife's family would always, when we first got married, they were like, dude, why do you not wear your ring? Like, that's not normal. Like, what are you trying to do? What are you hiding? And I'm like, not hiding anything. I don't wear metal rings when I'm working. And I had to explain to them why. And then they're like, oh, okay, I understand. So for me, the silicone rings were just a natural fit. It just made sense. I'm glad you got the chance to come on and share your story, share something about the awards, share something about the HVAC Tactical products. Any closing thoughts for the listeners? At the end of the day, it's you who decides who you want to be in this business. Not your employer, not your friends, not your service tech buddies. Find the avenue in this business, in this trade that you're interested in and that you really want to do and just soak it in. Be willing to learn and that is what's going to make you great. The moment you think you know it all, you've just flushed everything down the toilet. Wow. Very solemn words. We should end there. (laughs) I can't add anything to that. Thank you, Ben, for coming on the podcast. We'll put some links in the show notes for anybody who's listening. I strongly suggest you at least review what he's got going here. It's really a great thing. It's very unique. And I think he's decided what he's going to be, or at least he's on the road to do that. (laughs) Thanks again, Ben. Appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast with Ben Poole of HVAC Tactical. If you're in the market for some tools or test instruments mentioned in the podcast or just in general, take a look at what TrueTech Tools carries. Use the code HVACBS for a nice discount. As always, thank you for listening to and following us on the Building HVAC Science Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please do so. Clicking subscribe will help ensure you're up to date on all that's happening and will really help us out in the ratings. If you have any ideas for future episodes or want to propose a guest, contact me, Bill, at TrueTechTools.com. The Building HVAC Science Podcast is a projection of True Tech Tools Limited. I want to thank you again for listening and hope to have you back again next time. Take care. <laughs>